Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf, and this is my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess, a podcast where I share simple and scientific ways to help you clean up your mental mess and live your best life. In today's episode, I interview acupuncture specialist and educator Anne Cecil Sturman on how acupuncture can help reduce anxiety, depression, burnout, and stress, the physical health benefits of acupuncture, the different types of acupuncture and how to find the right one for you, common myths and misunderstandings about acupuncture, the science behind acupuncture, and more. Before we begin, if you like this podcast and want to know how you can help continue to make episodes possible, please consider leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribing. And keep sharing with friends and family and on social media. Now, on to today's podcast. And welcome into the studio. I'm so excited to interview you. I'm fascinated with acupuncture and I'm very looking, really looking forward to learning more for a multitude of reasons. And I'm fascinated that there's a difference between modern acupuncture and classical. So you're the ideal person to teach us more. So welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Caroline. I'm really happy to be here. Well, thank you so much. Well, before we start, can you just tell my viewers and my listeners a little bit about yourself, what you do? Tell us something that's not in your bio, You know, get what motivates you and all that good stuff. Well, what motivates me more than anything is the, the capacity of acupuncture in its fullest context to tackle any health problem at all and any mental problem at all, which, which is your view too. So acupuncture is a, a, a remarkably broad thing and there really seems to be no limits to what it can address. I love that. That's exciting. So, so just in terms of your bio and, and what you do, you're fully mm-hmm. trained. Can you tell us about yourself? What- so I grew up in Australia and my father was an industrial mechanic and so my first great love was cars. <laughs> so that's lovely. That's, that's not, I don't put that in my bio, but I, oh, I, just, that's lovely. I love cars. <laughs> and then I went to music school, went to conservatory, and I was a professional musician for about 15 years. And oh, lovely. Toured, yeah, toured all over the world. And then I met my husband in Paris, actually on a blind date. So oh, I that's so romantic. From- <laughs> so I travelled from just briefly, but you're asking about what's not in my bio. But yeah, this it all leads to to where we are now. But so we had a conversation on the phone, and and I said, well, I can't continue talking to this man until I meet him because, you know, I suspect that this might be the one. So we went, we each went to Paris, and 
and we had the agreement was that we would have lunch and so we met at about I think 10 a.m and by 4 30 we were engaged oh and my so, gosh so <laughs> that's so, so I, that is really romantic <laughs> yeah yeah it was wonderful and so I went back to Australia after that we spent two weeks together and I went back and I had a, another contract a Broadway contract in Melbourne and I completed that and then sold my house and gave away nearly everything I, I owned and with two suitcases went to New York wow. and and then when I got there I decided I knew that I didn't want to be a professional musician in middle age because I wanted to be home with my children in the evening and that's one of the problems with being a professional musician is that you know, time with your children is scarce and I didn't want to do that. So, and then at the same time I became pregnant and then I had a miscarriage. So what happened at that point was I was in and out of the hospital a couple of times and it was actually a terrible experience. And mm. I went home, I, I went home vowing never to go into a hospital again. Oh. I mean, I think, I think uh, Western medicine definitely has its place and it's indispensable yeah in terms of emergencies you can't beat it i mean if i had a stroke or a heart attack or a broken bone i would be there like a shot so emergency medicine we can't do without that but for things like chronic degenerative diseases which i'd love to talk about in a minute yeah but things like allowing a, a miscarriage to go its full course without dramatic intervention acupuncture is beautiful and so I went back home and my friend who was staying with me at the time because my husband has a habit of being away for every emergency. So he was oh, in, gosh. <laughs> he was in Argentina during 9-11. And, oh, um, goodness. You know, he's always, he was in, I think, in Italy during Hurricane Sandy. So mm. on it goes. But he wasn't there. And so a friend came over and she said, you have to go back to the hospital. I said, that would be the third time I'm not going. And she said, well, let me call my acupuncturist. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, so it's 3 o'clock in the morning and this man came on his kid's scooter and um, came into the apartment and put some needles in me and I immediately felt so much better. And I now know that that was a very basic treatment, but it really did it for me. And then, and then the miscarriage happened within a few hours of that. And then the next morning I... And, and also he like he was stroking my forehead and he was really with me. And and I decided in the morning, this is what I must do. I, I should wow. be an acupuncturist. And my mother had had regular acupuncture in the late 60s. And I remember oh, wow. sitting in a car with my dad and my baby brother in you know in the late 60s while my mother went in to have her chronic migraines treated by Dr. Chang in Footscray and in Melbourne, and yeah, and so it was in in, in my you, consciousness. Yeah, yeah exposed it, to it. Yeah, right. It was there. So the the next step was to look for schools, and and I I ordered the catalogues from the three schools that were in Manhattan at the time, and then I came across the catalogue for the Swedish Institute Acupuncture School, which unfortunately is no longer in existence because some venture capitalists bought it and decided they already had enough acupuncture schools and they closed it, So, which is one of the great tragedies of education in the history of medicine. So I read a letter from him and the way that he explained the role of the healer 
resonated with me so much that I thought, well, this is my teacher. I'm going there. And when I turned the catalogue over and saw the address, I could see my teacher's office through the window of my apartment on 25th Street. Oh, so gosh. I thought, well, this like is, this is <laughs> so convenient too. Yeah, wow. <laughs> it was remarkable. So his name is Dr. Jeffrey Yuen, and he has a breadth of knowledge that's unsurpassed, really, I think. And his disciplines include acupuncture, herbs, diet, qigong, meditation, everything that you could imagine that would fit in the discipline of Chinese medicine and Chinese philosophy. And I went to school and there's a tiny slice of his knowledge which is what I'm really interested in and that is the complete system of the acupuncture channels. And so, you know, I don't teach or practice herbs. I practice Qigong, but I don't teach it. He's also one of his contributions to Chinese medicine is the application of essential oils on acupuncture points. I practice a little bit of that, but I don't teach it. I, the only thing I teach is this, this narrow thing, which is in itself the most uh, gargantuan. It, it, when you go deeply into it, it turns out to be the most gargantuan field, this network of channels. And it, the capacity of this network of channels to reverse chronic degenerative diseases, which is my specialty, is mm. is unlimited, almost unlimited. That's fascinating. That's incredible. Well, let's start at the, I'm, I'm so excited to hear all of this. Let's start at the beginning and let's just d- define the basics. So how would you explain acupuncture? Define that and how is it done? So let's start with those very basics and then we can build up from there. Well, the way I like to explain it at first is if we think about the moment of death. So at the point of death, you have the exiting of the energy of the body, There's the, the body ceases to be animated. Yes. But but all the the fluids, everything is present in the body, all the, the musculature, the skeleton, yeah, the, the fluids, blood. Mm-hmm. the blood, everything's present. What's missing is what animates it. And some people describe the death experience as the energy is coming out of the top yeah. of the head. Well, that's because the top of the head is where the whole energetic system which I liken to an integrated circuit, like in the chip of a computer, you know, so that you could say the light of the divine if you wanted to, to yeah. be, which is the way it's seen in Chinese philosophy. Well, if you're really interested, this is the exciting part. So you, you get the egg and the sperm, and as they come together to create conception, at the moment that they begin to exchange information, you have the, the light of the the divine comes in and that we call the penetrating vessel. That is the foundational channel of acupuncture. And from from there it splits into the myriad of acupuncture channels. And as long as that energy is flowing freely in the human body, it is disease-free, emotions come and go freely, the prospect or the potential for unlimited health and and longevity is there but it's when these channels become blocked when when there are interruptions in the flow of the energy of these channels that we have illness or discomfort or obsessive thinking mental illness and acupuncture is the art of 
through pulse diagnosis and tongue diagnosis and speaking, determining where the blockages are in these channels and then inserting needles at those points where the blockages exist and then standing back, allowing the entire system to remember its freedom. Wow, that's such a beautiful way of explaining it. As you're explaining it, I'm thinking of all, as you know, I'm a neuroscientist and I, and I yes. do a lot of brain, mind-brain research. And so I'm always looking at that connection and I always explain the energy. I talk about energy as well. And I talk about in terms of quantum physics. So everything you say, so it's, I mean, it's, it's ancient medicine is science. It's all science. It's just different words that we're using, aren't we, for the yes. same. So from, from my angle, you know, that, that I talk also about the energy and people can think of that as God, as whatever you want to, the divine, but without that, you're not alive. And quantum physics talks about that, explains that it quantifies that it has all the principles involved in how we immerse in energy and it's energy that, that we connected to that enables us to function at our most fundamental level. We waves of energy and basically waves of love energy. And they literally talk about love energy and give it mathematical calculations. And when things go wrong, like in our mind with the traumas and um, toxic habits and traumas of life, you know, all these things can uh, disrupt that that energy and in the non-conscious mind, which is the 99% part of us, that is uh, the energy can never be lost. As you know, it's transferred. So it yes. builds up if it's not dealt with and you've, and that sense prompts your conscious mind. So my work has been around helping people to understand the non-conscious mind, helping them to understand the signals and then to, with their mind work, sort these things out. So what I'm hearing you say, so I'm just saying that to, because my listeners yes. understand that's the angle I'm coming from. So with acupuncture, if I'm understanding it correctly, you're talking about the same energy, the, the love waves, and they get disrupted, but you're talking about another way of actually facilitating this process. So in, in addition to the mind work, you've got this incredible resource of acupuncture, which can facilitate the physical re-energizing of the body back to the love state, literally. I mean, that's my, my simple understanding of what you've just described. Yes. Oh, I think we're totally on the same page. Okay. Okay. Yes. Fantastic. Well, that's great. Now we've got a nice common ground that my listeners can understand and now we can take it a little more detailed. So I have one question though. This is something because I really want to go for acupuncture and I haven't yet been. And I know that my family do. We all want to know, is it, does it hurt? <laughs> do the needles? Oh. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that a funny question? But I'm sure you get asked that a lot. Well, one of my students actually wrote a book, Does It Hurt, about acupuncture oh, recently. I love that. So there, there, there is a resource there. But so he, the honest answer is that if there's a blockage in the body and you insert a needle there, you will definitely feel a sensation there. And the purpose of that is to draw your attention to that blockage so that you can let it go. Okay. And I liken it to if you were to kneel on the floor so that your, you know, so your bottom was on your heels, right? And if you yeah. were to sit there a very long time and then, you know, so you're, I don't know, playing cards on the floor or something like that. Yeah. And, and then you suddenly stand up and you go, oh, my goodness, that hurts. Yes. And, or, and you haven't done any injury to yourself. It's simply the, the blood and fluids coming back into the musculature, as you Absolutely, know. Absolutely, yes. That, and, and it's the same with the acupuncture point. So you put the needle in the point and that point has been starved of energy flow for a long time perhaps. And as the energy in the blood starts to flow more freely and adequately through that point, it's uncomfortable. And then it starts to flow freely. And so it's, it's, it could be just, just the insertion, but it, it might give you a sensation that's not very pleasant for a few minutes. And then... Once it starts to flow, it's extremely relaxing. 
That's amazing. That's that's kind of like the same thing when you're dealing with a with a trauma or an issue or a toxic habit. You've got to get uncomfortable first. You've you know, so if you have it, you've got to get uncomfortable to right. face that issue first and then it gets you know, once you work through the process, same thing with surgery, they've got to cut you up to fix you up. You know, so yes. the principle it's the same principle, isn't it? But except it's same. not as yeah, same, same principle. principle. Okay, so then yeah. do, do you want to talk about advanced acupuncture first or do you want to talk about the degenerative diseases or what how do you want to handle oh. Well, maybe advanced acupuncture might, might be the way to go first. Okay, good. Because the chronic degenerative diseases follow from that advancement. Okay. But Sounds really, good. Ad- advanced acupuncture is acupuncture as it was understood and, and explained in the Han Dynasty. So that's the period, and, and actually you could stretch that a little bit, but the Han Dynasty extends from the 2nd century BCE to, to the the 2nd century CE or, or AD, however you want to put it. So those 400 years are the golden years of acupuncture. And oh. in, that, in that time, all the channels of acupuncture were in use, and there are about 66 mm-hmm. of them. And they remained in use until the end of the Tang Dynasty, which would be about the, the 11th century. And then a strange thing happened in the Song Dynasty in the 11th and 12th centuries it was a prudish time, like like a Victorian era almost. Mm-hmm. And so it was, you know, well, let's not talk about feelings too much. Let's not talk about emotions too much. You know, let's. It was it was a stiffer time, and so they actually eradicated most of the channels of acupuncture, and they wow. left intact. They left about twenty. So the channels that treated chronic degenerative diseases and the the channels that freed the emotions, that stabilized the emotions, disappeared along with the channels that govern immunity. So by the time we reach the 20th century, we've had a thousand years without the use of those channels. And the the Song Dynasty editions of the classical texts where all this information sat Mm-hmm. omitted these previous channels, these original channels. And so what we have in the 20th century, 21st century, mm-hmm. is editions of the classical texts that are missing so much information. Wow. And so the only way that you can gain access to this information is through an oral lineage. Someone had to have kept or a group of people had to have kept this information by almost by like like storytelling in Ireland, yeah. right, which is yes. how the tradition is. So my teacher, Dr. Yuen, is the 88th generation of the continuous transmission of this information. Wow. So is it, it's obviously in books and things now as well. It's been written down. Well, I wrote it down, yes. I, I wrote it. So my teacher took a vow not to write books. Right, so it's it's in some of some people in the tradition have written books, and some people have not. My teacher vowed not to, and I took a stance that if it's not written down, then with the death of my teacher, it would it'll st- it'll end. Yeah, it, yeah. So I went out on a limb and wrote as much of the teachings about this tiny sliver that I wow. teach down. So it is. Some of it is written down. Yes, I can say that now. Which That's is, good. Yeah, I, I think it's a. I think it's a vital thing. Yeah, so it's so, necessary and, to train up the next generation. So, yeah, that, and that's most of my work is 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 traveling around the world and teaching the use of these channels. Wow. So, advanced acupuncture simply means 
the restoration of the ancient and the re-implementation of that beautiful, vast medicine. Right now, as I'm recording this podcast, I am sipping on my favorite tea, Peak Tea's Fermented Puer Black Tea. I absolutely love this tea because whenever my stomach is a little upset, maybe due to something I ate or even stress, this tea is the only thing that helps. Plus, it tastes delicious. A lot of people don't realize that a great deal of our mood and mental state begins in the gut. Boost your gut health, boost your mood. That's why I can't live without PT's fermented puro black tea. It's naturally fermented, so it's loaded with probiotics to support healthy digestion. Kind of like a better kombucha without the sugar. The unique type of antioxidants actually act as prebiotics too. They're like fertilizer for your microbiome. I feel so invigorated after I drink this tea calm and focused but also energized it gets me through back-to-back recordings in the studio without so much as a yawn peak tea is your daily antioxidant powerhouse for radiant health it's triple toxin screened for pesticides heavy metals and toxic molds so you get pure benefits with no junk and dissolves in seconds in cold or hot water drink on the go or add to smoothies there is zero prep and if you go to peaktea.com slash drleaf right now, you'll get 5% off your first order. Peak hardly ever offers discounts, so don't miss this exclusive offer. That's 5% off at peaktea.com slash drleaf. Spelt P-I-Q-U-E-T-E-A dot com slash drleaf. The link and offer details will also be in the show notes. So it, it does so much more than basic acupuncture. So your basic 20 points versus the 66, and you're offering the 66 in the classical, is channels, is a channels of points, is mm. offering so much more. So can you talk about that? And especially yes. maybe because this is a cleaning up the mental mess, this podcast is very much it's around mental health. Let's talk about that in terms of mental health, and then let's go on to some of the other things that it can help with. Right. So in terms of mental health, the the class of channels that we're interested in are the low channels, L-U-O, which is a Chinese word that means connecting. So Chinese medicine holds that the emotions are held in the blood. And in Western medicine, as you know, they make the observation that when people have a blood transfusion, like a full blood transfusion or a heart transplant, they somehow seem to have memories dreams and sometimes whole personality changes that relate to the donor of that blood and until that red blood cycle has gone through one one cycle those changes are in place and then the person returns as their their memories are imprinted on their new blood cells and then they return to the way they are so there's a map in chinese medicine of 16 points called low points where the, the blood that's holding an emotion that hasn't been expressed pools. And so the technique for mental well-being is literally to get a lancet, to get a, to get a tiny, you know, like a diabetic lancet and to go to these points and allow a tiny amount of blood to release from that point. And that stimulates the release of that emotion and frees the channel that's, that's governing that emotion. Oh wow! So that's the and that's this advanced part of this advanced, not really used form of acupuncture. Yes, that's been that practice was uh, has been missing for a very long time. Mm. But I might say also when the communists came to power in China in the in the late forties, 
Jim and Mal, and acupuncture had been banned before that, but Mal, he gathered 200 doctors together and said, you know, we're going to reinstigate acupuncture and we want you to gather together and devise a form, a modern form of acupuncture where we can teach it easily, it can be spread throughout this vast populace and it can be practiced on many people at one time. And so they came up with these what they call patterns, 80 collections of points for patterns, which is very, very useful if you have to deal with a lot of people all at once or or you have a few people traveling through the countryside and they've got to treat people quickly. Yeah. When Nixon went to China in 74, maybe 73, his assistant, James Reston, had appendicitis. And so he was rushed to hospital. And the next morning, he made the front page of the New York Times because he had had this appendectomy with acupuncture anesthesia, with no modern anesthesia. Goodness. So, so, you know, that started. So this it started a frenzy in the United States about acupuncture, and within ten years, schools had cropped up all over the United States, and and that process began. But what they imported were these eighty patterns. They imported what Chairman Mao called traditional Chinese medicine to almost to hide the fact that it was modern and not traditional. So, and, and that's what came into the United States and what's, what's missing from this, and not to denigrate it, and no. millions of people have benefited from that medicine, but there's so much more. It's so much grander. And the capacity of the medicine for mental health is really very, very strong. Well, that's part, and that's that that little pricks of the blood that you were talking about for the, yes. the mental health. So it would, and it's just, yeah. would you do to, um, the the other parts of acupuncture as well, or would you just do that? Or was it depend? Do you, do you do like a profile on a person? Work out what? Yes. Okay, so it's yes. all very it, diagnostic. Very diagnostic. There's pulses. There, the the act of taking the pulses is very complicated. Incidentally, you might be interested. The location of the points. You might have heard of people like teenagers who tend to cut themselves or if you take it to the, I'm sure you know about this, and, and yeah. or if you take it to the nth degree, even suicide, the points for releasing the emotions that build up that people don't seem to be able to release or find release for, the, the points that they, they cut themselves on or the traditional suicide point, I know this is a horrible no, subject. No, but it's a, it's a very uh, necessary subject, yeah are right on these points. Wow, the very, I didn't know that. So intuitively they're trying to, to slash this and release that blood. It's just all they really need to wow. do is to go to an acupuncturist and have that release and that will buy them time so that they can work on Process and work on the emotions and everything. Wow. Right. Well, that's right. incredible. That's actually so such a good – I'm glad we brought that up. That's really fantastic. Well, let's talk then about the the the, ex, the other physical things that it can – because you've mentioned the degenerative diseases and what about, you know, like things like IBS and GI problems, which we know are linked to the brain and everything's linked. I mean, everything's connected in the body. Let's talk about that. So IBS, um, irritable bowel syndrome and Crohn's disease and gastric reflux and all these conditions. GI issues, yeah. GI issues, which are very common in our culture. So the first step would be to change the diet. But once you get into treatment, that's my husband's purview, by the way. He's he's a Chinese medical 
dietitian. So you start with the diet and then in acupuncture, what you're looking to do is to calm down the immune system to say, okay, so now we've removed this irritant from the diet and it might, let's say it's gluten for some people, for some people it's sugar for most of the population. Yeah, it would be sugar. Mm -hmm. Right. For many people it will be cheese and milk. For other people it will be peanuts. Many people are eating things that they don't understand are creating an immune reaction in in the gut. And then, of course, we have the, the myriad of antibiotics and drugs who which seek to suppress these responses but in in Chinese medicine they see that these conditions are a result of the immune system the system having active we call that wei qi defensive qi so the immune immune system acting on what it perceives is an irritant in the gut and then not turning off so mm-hmm. there's a, this, does that resonate with your? Yes. With your, if, so the the goal of the we would use the sinew channels for that, or the divergent channels, which is just jargon that means a channel that captures the immune response, mm-hmm. defensive chi, and tells it to go back where it belongs and to stop mm-hmm. interfering with the tissues themselves. So there's a a very fascinating mechanism called the divergent mechanism, which with a certain needle technique, you can engage this defensive chi that's become stuck in the walls of the intestines and say, come back, back out to the the interior surface of the intestine. Don't attack the actual material of the intestine. Come back and just be an energetic force, not not an attack. Not not an attack. Stop Mm -hmm. attacking. Or arthritis would be, you know, another example where the body had actually, arthritis is a very interesting subject because the divergent channels, which is 12 of these 66 channels, they their responsibility is to find a pathogen that is wreaking havoc somewhere in the body. Let's say it is, let's say it's seafood poisoning. Okay. Right? So you've got seafood poisoning, you've got this horribly inflamed gut so the divergent channels will go in there and with a certain needling technique, you can instruct those channels to become active in a way that withdraws the immune response and brings that immune response back out to the surface so that the person can evacuate the problem and have the gut remain unaffected. It's, it's wow. beautiful. So. One of the roles of the divergent channels also is to take a pathogen that the body doesn't have the capacity to release, to mm-hmm. right? They can't get rid of it through the normal routes of evacuation, which I don't know how graphic you want me to be, but you know, if you yeah. can, if, if you didn't sneeze it out or cough it out or yeah. vomit or urinate yeah. it or defecate it out or mm-hmm. sweat it out, if you didn't, if the Do routes they? of elimination didn't occur because of a shortage of fluids or a shortage of energy in the first place. It takes mm-hmm. an enormous amount of energy to produce these reactions. Yes. Then the divergent channels, they reach in, they find the pathogen and they move that to the joints, to the synovial fluid inside oh. the joints and they can hold those pathogens there for decades. Wow. And when the body loses the capacity to hold things latent, then 
they leak out of the joints. And so arthritis is seen as a failure of the body to be able to keep these pathogens hidden away, away from the organs. Oh my goodness, that's so interesting. So joints are someone who's who's gone through a lot of, you know, GI issues or a lot of pain, issues related to whatever and lands up with joint pain, but they don't have arthritis. That's also could be something along those lines. Is that correct? That the Certainly pathogens yes. have gone into the joints. So that yes. the, and the energy, so the toxic energy has gone into the, the joints. The body doesn't know what to do with it. Yes. You're very quick. Sometimes it takes me a long time to explain these things. Yes, you're very quick. So when the joints start to leak, then it's time for these treatments to either bolster the body so that they they Mm. can keep these pathogens latent longer in the joints or to encourage the body to make an attempt to evacuate them all get rid of them okay because if you're just putting like into in allopathic medicine it would be considered pain management and then they're going yes. to give you things like abapentin or something which is very often given for something that with that level of hypersensitivity in different areas of the body because a lot of things that that they can't explain will be you get hypersensitivity syndromes and very yes. often they'll treat it with something very strong like gabapentin and that has so many yes. side effects but it's just putting a plaster whatever it is it's putting a plaster on the wound it's not actually yes. helping the body to so if i'm understanding you correctly you're helping the body to naturally find the point of of, of damage or pain or source and then redistribute and ex- evacuate or whatever is that, is that the correct wording that's that's right so so the the way that it's looked at in Western medicine is arthritis is a mistake. The body is making some kind of error. But actually mm-hmm. with arthritis, the body has made a beautiful choice. It's decided that it's going to put this pathogen away in the joints where it can be quiet rather than allow a more serious disease to occur, which would be the destruction of the internal organs. Wow, that's fascinating. Wow, that's fascinating. So let's talk then about the degenerative diseases while we're on all these diseases, because you've mentioned that a couple of times. So arthritis is a chronic degenerative disease, and and so is Crohn's and and lupus and and all of them, even multiple sclerosis. And the theory is extremely complicated. It's like like it takes months to actually teach it to the point where people can practice it, but it's, it's so well worth it. But in all these cases... The immune system has identified that it's unable to keep a pathogen latent and it's looking to other ways to try to buffer the pathogen from the organ which it would otherwise destroy. Ah. So in the in the case of say a chronic sinusitis, which mm-hmm. it's probably not chronic chronic degenerative, but in a sense it is. Some people have this this problem for decades and decades. Yes. So that the body has decided, okay. So we may be running out of room in the joints. Where are other hollow areas we can store pathogenic factors? So it will accumulate phlegm and trap the pathogen in the sinuses. Or it can create a band of fat around the waist, which we call the middle age spread sometimes, Mm -hmm. and sock the pathogens in there, keep the pathogens Mm -hmm. latent in there. And so... So diseases like Parkinson's and multiple sclerosis occur when the body has been using fluids to try to hold pathology latent. And it's, so it's, it's using mm. fluids to hold the pathology because it feels that the joints have already reached their maximum capacity for 
holding latency. And so as it places the pathology in the fluids and the fluids remaining in circulation become depleted, there's an, an instability in the channels since there's insufficient mm -hmm. mediumship to fill the channels out and they start to shake. So, that, so Parkinson's and multiple sclerosis, these are chronic degenerative diseases that originate in a deep systemic dehydration. Yeah, okay, so then that's the, the deep systemic dehydration then creates that shaking yes. because it's now in a, so they've, they've put the, the energy, toxic energy has been put in there, but now it's like that's kind of the last place it goes and that creates this shaking. Yes, it's actually the second last place it goes. The thick last okay. place it goes, it, which I didn't get to, the, the okay. last place it goes is the thick fluids. So it would be okay. the hormones and the you know reproductive fluids and things like that. Once they dry out, even the brain, once they dry out, then you're, you're in big trouble. Then, then you have cancers emerging. We, we, we call that the fifth stage of the divergent the stage, illnesses. okay. So mm -hmm. that's the progress through from the joints to the, the different stages that you go through. So it starts with the joints right. joints first? Jo joints first and waist. Waste. The joints in the waist, yes. And then it will start using the blood to try okay. to support the body's capacity to hold the pathology. So, okay. so the pathology will start moving into the blood and then – Start, it starts moving into what we call the thin fluids, the mm -hmm. fl fluids of digestion, fluids that bathe the sensory orifices, mm -hmm. the fluids of sweat. You know, so sometimes mm -hmm. chronic people with chronic degenerative diseases often tell you they I never sweat. It's because their fluids are commandeered for other purposes. Ah, or, that's so interesting. Yeah. Wow. And then it goes and to the hormones. fluids. Hormones, oh, and then the yeah. brain. Okay, okay, wow. Yeah. So how does acupuncture treat that then? The classical, obviously. Yes, you're asking such wonderful questions. <laughs> so, as a, so the the acupuncture is is brilliantly designed so that as you needle into these channels, the instruction yeah. to the channel is twofold. One is please make more of this fluid. Says to the body, manufacture more of these this fluid, and while you're at it, move more of the pathology to the joints. Move, move more of it. And as you make more fluids, two things happen. One, the body is more capable of holding more pathology latent, but also it starts building up enough fluid to be able to start carrying the pathology out. And when wow. this, and this happens in episodes, so as people go through these treatments for chronic degenerative diseases, they might find that they have like this unexplained flu that it's strange, it was so strange. I'd, like, I had a stomach flu, I started vomiting and I was in the bathroom for a week and the smell was just awful. But you know what? I feel so much, so much better. Oh, yeah. and so the so elimination. The body, right, so it's starting to eliminate and the, we call these healing events in, Chinese med in, in classical Chinese medicine. I'm sorry, and they're to be celebrated. If you think your kids are picky, you haven't met the parents at Ritual. After scanning countless labels for multivitamins that they could rely on for their own kids, they decided that they had to create one themselves and make it with the high standards approach that Ritual is known for and parents can trust. Introducing Essential for Kids by Ritual, my favorite multivitamin company. As a researcher and scientist, I love how Ritual has made the science and quality of ingredients their main priorities. I trust Ritual for my whole family because all ingredients are traceable. 
My children love these multivitamins and I feel accomplished as a mother knowing they're getting what their bodies need and the best quality. You deserve to know what you're giving your kids and why. With their one-of-a-kind visible supply chain, you'll always know what nutrients are in their multivitamins and where they're sourced. When it comes to what goes into our kids' bodies, they've got being picky down to a science. That's why Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com forward slash Leaf to start Ritual or add Essential for kids today. The link and offer details will also be in the show notes. That's amazing because that's so, that's such a lot to do. If I think of the principles of quantum physics, that your your basic foundational at, at our most foundational level, we are these waves of energy, and then that translates back into the you know into the particles which are, become cells. So at any one moment, we're looking at ourselves physically, but at our most fundamental level, the energy exists as well. So in parallel, so not even in parallel at all, at the same time, we are energy and we are the physical. And yeah. so if I'm hearing what you're saying is that, that whatever we go, whatever we experience, whatever we're exposed to, whether it's an emotional event or a physical event, wrong food or a chemical or a trauma or a bad habit, all of that is, is disrupting the energy. And yes. quantum physics will actually sh- can show that in terms of calculations and it manifests physically as illness and it manifests mentally as mind issues and and our body constantly warns us in my field I teach people to recognize the warning systems as emotional and physical and bodily warning signals in terms of reading what it's paralleling exactly what you're saying so you're dealing yes. if I'm understanding acupuncture is dealing with the most fundamental level you're going you're not ignoring that the body that's where you said traditional medicine is dealing with the physical we can see but acupuncture is dealing with the most fundamental level that's how I'm understanding it you're dealing the you're same. going directly to Quantum physics level. Yes, you can. I'm totally. We are totally on the same page. That's you amazing. You can't think of acupuncture in terms of the Newtonian physics. It no, must be no. quantum physics. It must be quantum yeah. physics. Absolutely. Well, that is because Newtonian physics works only for the physical, but quantum physics works for both, and it's your most fundamental and most accurate, and it's undergirding the classical. So that's why you can't just use allopathic which is classical, you have classical physics. You have to use quantum physics, which then draws on thing on, on acupuncture. Yes. Because you've got to use the so. combination. Oh no, that's so powerful. Okay. So you've asked you've I mean you and I can talk about this all day. I can just see that I don't even have to ask you about acupuncture. I'm just looking at my questions, helping with immunity because you've answered that. It's actually building our immunity. But just talk for a right. moment, just a little bit more about acupuncture and immunity. And building immunity. Building immunity, well, yes. Yeah. So acupuncture works very much with immunity but not without the assistance of diet because it views immunity as being a product of fluids manufactured in the stomach mm-hmm. and also of yang chi which is which translates as warming moving chi that is loosely translated in western medicine as adrenaline so you need to be okay. able to to generate ad- adrenaline warming moving chi to be able to create a sneeze, create a sweat, Mm. to vomit something out, to move something out of the body. And the conduit of that or the medium of that is fluid. So at the moment we live in a dramatically dehydrated culture. We eat highly processed food. We eat a lot of sugar. We, You know, there are 600,000 grocery items in the supermarkets and 480 thousand of them have added sugar they're terrible i've written books on this too so i'm totally with you there 
I must, I must read one. That's or, or many. <laughs> we, we'll, <laughs> but, we'll send them to you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. But but sugar. Who am I telling yeah. then? You know, it's no, it's no, no, no. Speak. It's good. Yeah. It's, it's profoundly dehydrating. And then we have preserved foods, packaged foods, and we've lost the tradition of the daily soup. And you know, when I grew up in the sixties and the seventies, lunch. If you were having lunch at home on the weekend, there was always a soup. It would be a soup and a sandwich or a soup mm. before you had the right. Did you grow up like that? Yes, yes, a lot, most daily. Yeah. Yes, daily soup. And my mother grew up in Ireland. She was born in Ireland, like like your heritage mm. too, in, in 1932. And they, they had the pot in the hearth with the soup and they would just add into the soup. And yeah. so that was the, the daily gruel. But the point being that, that food used to be wet and when women were liberated in the 50s, the the preparation time was mm. so reduced that people didn't didn't make stocks and broths and soups. Mm. And now you can buy them, but they're, they seem to be very laced with garlic and onion and salt yes. and too much salt and all these things. And, and rather than being helpful with fluids, sometimes these packaged products can be dehydrating or consume fluids themselves you know garlic is a very misunderstood herb which the culture is addicted to too it's mm-hmm. very hot it's it will scorch fluids yeah that's interesting you should say that sorry because i have really battled with garlic i bet garlic and onions i do not cook with them because i they just i react to them so i've cut Your them body out tells of, you yeah when I, mean, I have them it's it's awful so i just don't have them i don't cook with them that's wonderful. We don't cook with garlic or onions either. Although my son who's 16, my son is 16 and he's very rebellious. So he'll, he now gets garlic in the supermarket and brings it home. Cooks with it. And it says so there, you know. <laughs> it's very rebellious, cooking with garlic. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, gosh. Yes, I guess I should be grateful it's not worse than that. But yeah. So without a wet diet and Really, the most wonderful way to start the day in terms of Chinese medicine is with congees, and congee is just Chinese for soup, like rice soup or millet soup. And these fluidy foods create the moisture that needs to be accumulated in order to keep the immune system at the ready. And this is not equated to water. Water won't do it. Water Mm. is extremely important. It's very important that we drink water, but water is a flusher. It, it, Mm. it, It engages the flushing mechanism of the body and it cleanses us, and that's extremely important, but it is not really a foundational hydrator. It cleanses, but to hydrate, to truly hydrate, we need two things. We need what we call busy fluids, which is really wet food, which when you eat it, it has to be retained in the gut in order to be digested. And so the longer that fluid can stay in the gut, the more the absorption, right there, the more absorption you have of those fluids. And so the wet foods allow a deep, deep hydration. And the other thing is saturated fat, which the culture is allergic to too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so mm. I'm so glad. We, we eat a lot of soup and a lot of saturated fat in our diet. So yeah. I'm very, I feel very justified listening to you. So like those are, <laughs> especially my eldest daughter, she makes the best soups ever. And she just makes them all, every day, literally almost every day, she'll have them as part of her diet, which is really fantastic. So this is so exciting. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Okay, so what should, let's just get to some basics to sort of bring this to, there's so much more we can converse about, but what should people know to prepare for their first session? And the other thing is I'd also like to know, do you have on, I mean, I've looked at your website, do you have a list of people that practice this, that people can get there? How would people get to get to a therapist that does yeah. acupuncture the classical way? So let's start first for preparation and then how do people get to find people like yourself? So if you're going to an acupuncture session, you need loose clothing so that the acupuncturist can can pull your your pants up above your knee, say, and, and they can move your T-shirt up or whatever. So yeah. comfortable loose clothing is the, the second thing is not to expect a miracle. So many people think that acupuncture is magic and it's definitely not magic. It takes work. On the other hand, if you're going to acupuncture and after say one session you don't feel a shift but you know what it's one session but I I think I feel quite different actually and you can't quite put your finger on you're doing well but after three sessions you should feel quite different and if you're not you're going to the wrong person it's so and and oh that's really really clear that's very clear so it's not something that you need to do every week for the rest of your life. It's not that kind of health practice. In fact, what we're looking for as acupuncturists, responsible acupuncturists, we're looking to liberate people mm. so that they heal from their illnesses and off they go. And the, the when an acupuncturist is using all the channels of acupuncture, they, they can tailor a treatment so effectively that many diseases will not be present at the end of three months. Now, wow, three months. Mm-hmm. Many diseases can disappear in that length of time. Wow. If, if the diet is on board. Yeah. So if someone's coming for, let's say, gastric reflux and, you know, they will not give up their nightly chocolate Right, and that's creating yeah. so much stimulus, so much, so much heat in the gut. That's yeah. that's creating this irritation. Then you, you, you can't know, do anything. Yeah, no, you you could have acupuncture once a week for years, and if your diet is not matching the intention of the treatments, then it's that's a loss so cause. important. So the diet needs to match the intention of the treatment, and then you're going to get yes. that benefit. You should feel something within the third session. Otherwise, you're the wrong therapist. And within three months, most of the issues should be. So it's like a three month period, and then most of those issues that you're dealing with should have gone away. Mm-hmm. So it's not like something you have to do forever. And then maybe a new thing comes, and you go for that. Is that correct? Yeah. When I say most of the issues should be gone, I mean the ones that are causing distress. Distress should yeah. go should go quiet. They should go quiet, mm-hmm. and which means that the immune system is being asked to just t- just calm down while we work underneath that, and that that may take longer. That's fascinating because the the neuroplasticity research that I do on long term, how long it takes for memories to change, and it takes literally nine weeks, nine to twelve weeks. So that's when you see the major sustainable changes occurring, and that's what you're saying around about a sort of nine to twelve week period, and then it should have yes. quietened it down and sort of getting the body to fight it itself, which is fascinating. That's amazing. Because okay, so how can people find out more about you, about what you do, and how can they find a therapist that an acupuncturist that is going to to do the classical acupuncture? Well, they can be in touch with my assistant at ancestalstroman.com and write to Mark and he will he keys into the, the zip code into the database and sees if he can find people. I also have a lot of students in Europe and Australia and so we can 
often pair people up with my students and with practitioners that we know and happy to do that. That's fantastic. That's absolutely wonderful. And just in terms of on an on a interesting scientific side, I know UCLA has a whole center for functional medicine and they're very, very well known for their, their acupuncture there. I was wondering if you know much, and they do, I know they do research and all kinds of stuff. I was wondering if you knew much about what they're doing there and if they're doing the classical or... I don't they... know about that. Sorry, no, I don't know about that. But what I can say about research is if the research is of the type where okay, so we think that these five points help with headaches and then they put those five points into 50 people and they say, you know, it really only helped 23 of them. It didn't help 50 of them. That's, that is not acupuncture. Uh. Acupuncture is totally individualised. Mm. So those 50 people with headaches got may have, causes. it could be 50 different causes. Ah, so you have to have 50 different Easily. treatments for you to actually say whether it's working. That's really interesting. That's right. really interesting. So have there been many studies done on the the classical? Not. No. No, because it's no. so individualized and it's so new again. Okay. And in the, the, the modernized version, have there been many? I mean, I've seen quite a few studies, but it's done in the way you've just described, which right. is not that accurate. Right. They're saying, well, this if acupuncture works, then these points should treat this condition and that's simply not it's quantum physics it's not mm. newtonian you can't measure it like that you can't and measure so, it like that mm. it's, no. it's it's individual case studies it's the same approach i've taken in my research even though we do double blind random controlled studies we look at the individual case study so we do single subject design within that so you're looking at as each individual person yes there's certain broad comparisons that you can make but you actually have to look at the individual as a comparison to themselves to get a true yes. reflection of what changes are actually happening which is fascinating and that's how it should be all of us are so unique no one has the same experience and that's yes. the, yeah so that's so important. This has been absolutely fascinating. So, how do? What is the, your website? Where can people find out more about you? We will put this in the in this your link in the show notes. Okay, thank you, thank you, Caroline. The website is annececilsturman.com. It's Anne with no e. That's wonderful. And if people want to, do you still run the school? People can can people come and learn how to? They can. My website has all learning the opportunities and, and yes, and there's more and more material going up every day during this period, actually. To help people. Yeah. That's wonderful with over COVID. Yes. With, okay, that's wonderful. Right. Well, thank you so much. This has been absolutely fascinating and I feel like I need to have a lot more discussions with you. So I'd love to invite you back again sometime. Well, you know, it's been so exciting to talk to somebody who's like locking into it immediately. Thank you so much. Oh, Thanks, no, Caroline. It's Thanks my for pleasure. having me. Thank you. <laughs> I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. 
I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.